Welcome to the Got Your Six podcast. This podcast brings together current service members and veteran high performers to share their methods, strategies, and ideas delivered in an informative and most importantly, actionable way that'll help you lead yourself and those around you from the battlefield to the boardroom. Coming to you every episode, I'm your host, Tony Nash, and into the breach. Nothing mentioned on this podcast is an endorsement or opinion of the Department of Defense. I got your six, we got your back. Got your six, we got your back. Got your six, we got your back. I got your six. Sixers, what a massive treat we have today. The legend himself, Stan Weitraub, is here, Chief Strategy Officer over at Vet Ticks. Sir, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Well, thanks for having me, Tony. And uh, when when you say legend, um, you know, my motto is never let the truth get in the way of a good story. And I am I am not as great as everyone thinks I am. We'll let the Sixers decide by the end of the episode. How's that? Okay, I like that. Doing what you do over at VetTech, sir, before we even go down any stories or anything, I have to ask one question. What is the best concert or ticketed event that you've ever been to? Oh, geez. Okay. Best concert I've ever been to was probably, and this wasn't through Vetix, and, I, and I'm old. I'm old AF. So um, you have to take that into consideration. So probably like the best concert was like when I was in high school, which was like, you know, in the 1900s. And that, that was probably Rush. And I was, you know, like, 17 and I got a contact high that I didn't even know what, what, what it was. So, I mean, being old school, maybe that, but going back to old school, KISS, we did an event with KISS through Vetix and uh, was able to get backstage access and meet the band and things like that. And, and so that was, that was really cool. And for the sake of my wife, I will say Beyonce and Jay-Z. And now dealing with such a different industry than what you were dealing with in the Marine Corps, there's still like stakeholders that are in play. How are you taking, you know, a lesson from your time in the military and applying it to what you do over at VetTech? You know, it's, you know, the lessons of leadership and experience, and they're very translatable from the military to the private sector. But what you really have to remember is that in the private sector, whether you're working with veterans or not, the way we lead in the military and the way we lead in the private sector are are very different. So you have to tailor your leadership style, your leadership skills, how you interact with people, because we're we're trained to be, you know, very bold and and very direct. And a lot of times in the private sector in the civilian world, they don't understand it the way we do. I mean, you know, the knife handing and and all that other stuff. So you really, as you transition out, you really have to be cognizant what you do on the other side of how you're perceived. And the, the, the greatest asset we have in the military is we're adaptable. Okay. I mean, we all know that. And, and you, you may not realize it, but, you know, one day, you know, one day you're in the fire direction center because you're an artillery person, right? You know, you're in the FDC, but the next day your boss is like, hey, guess what? You know, you're going to be shepherding, you know, the, the press or, or whatever through our area. And, and you, you've got to be able, and, and we do it. We, 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 we change course without 
breaking stride. And um, so we're adaptable. And that's where transitioning out of the military, whether it was for four years or, you know, 30 plus years like me, you, you got to realize that you've got to, you got to change because, because society isn't going to change around you. You, you've got to learn how to get into, into step with the outside. Yes, sir. And then having that toolkit, right, of all these different experiences from your time in the military, you're very sensitive to what tool you're using. Like you're not taking a hammer to every problem you're trying to solve. Yeah, that's a great analogy. I mean, you know, when you're a hammer, everything you see is a nail, right? But once again, we in uniform, we're great problem solvers, right? I mean, you know, we get our garden variety of complainers and malingerers and, and things like that, but we're so good and it's second nature for us to problem solve and to figure things out. And that's another one of those things that you forget that you have in your toolkit that adds value to who you are and what you do and how you can be an asset to, you know, the team slash organization employer that you want to be a part of. Can you give us an example of where you kind of had a double check to make sure you're using the right tool to solve a, a recent problem that you had or experiencing? Yeah, I mean, you know, I spent 10 years on act, total active duty, total 32 years, but 10 total active, the other, I'm a Marine, so that's what, you know, 22 years as a reservist, right? So I, I lived a double life as a civilian military reserve. And when I was younger, I always tried to fall back on, you know, sometimes like the, the military way of, of, of trying to solve problems. And a lot of times it was directing people saying, you know, this is what you're going to do. You're going to do it this way. And, and civilians, they don't, they don't respond well to that. And sometimes you've got to change your communication style, your interaction, and um, sometimes you've got to incentivize them. And, and we as, you know, as military members, we get incentivized by, you know, if it's a, if it's a unit coin or a, a medal or a, commendation certificate of commerce an RCOM or something like that, right? I mean, that's how we get incentivized. And sometimes to, to get what you need done, you've got to incent, find ways to incentivize people. And, and it doesn't always cost a whole lot, but it's really changing your approach. And when I was younger, that's what really tripped me up was it's like, I'm telling you to do something. How come you're not doing it? And, you know, being an officer, it like, you know, instant obedience to orders, right? But you've got this employee that's never served and they, they just, they're not programmed that way, nor should they be. So where have you recently looked at opportunities to make sure you're providing the right incentive? I mean, working at Vetix, right? Like everybody wants to go to a concert, but you're constantly dealing with different people, concert venues, you know, all this different stuff. How do you find the right incentive? What's your like step list? You know, a, a lot of it is personality driven. Okay. And, and thank yous don't cost anything and, and, and appreciation costs nothing. And so when I build these relationships with, with our partners and donors, sometimes just the gratitude that they receive from me or the staff at VetTix, that goes a long way. Uh, for, for us and, and for me. So I'm, I'm, and my gratitude is, is sincere. It's genuine. And uh, people, you know, they can filter that out, right? I mean, especially, you know, 
uh, us in the military, we got a very, you know, very fine BS filter. So the sincerity of it really goes a long way. And, and so it's really sometimes incentivizing them is, is, is in the gratitude that you provide to them. And like you said, just a simple thank you or coming back to someone after they've done you a favor speaks volumes. And I think some of our listeners recognize that, but it, being able to just kind of continue to force that, not because you have to, but because like you said, you are genuinely sincere in your approach and your appreciation for the actions that they did for you and Vettik. Yeah. And I, and I mean, you know, I'll go back to my time in uniform and I, I mean, okay, yeah, full disclosure, I was prior enlisted you know, for, t- for two years. So I know what it's like to, to be on that, you know, on that side. And then, yeah, I went over to the dark side, became an officer, all that other stuff. But I always treated my subordinates the way I wanted to be treated, the way I expected to be treated. And once again, that goes a long way in the, the personal interactions. And, and, you know, very rarely did I have to, you know, like pull rank and, and command somebody to do something. It was usually an ask, even to, you know, a sergeant or whatever. It's like, hey, you know, can you do me a favor? Can, can you go over to supply and get me, you know, a box of grid squares? You know, and it wasn't ask. It wasn't, you know, an order or a demand. And, and so people, you know, appreciate that even when it's coming from somebody from authority. Yeah. And I know you weren't asking people for grid squares, but that's a common joke in the military. So I appreciate that did not go unnoticed. (laughs) So as a chief strategy officer, how are you challenging yourself to continue to grow not only the organization, but yourself on a daily basis? Yeah, that's a great question because for me, I'm always trying to learn something new and yeah, I'm old. Okay. But uh, it's, you know, just like in the military, it's, you want to get promoted, you've got to do your, you know, your professional military education and professionally outside of the military, I'm always trying to learn. And, you know, if it's not academically, it's how can I better myself? And I'll tell you, I had an epiphany with myself and and learning about that was, is that, I mean, we in the military, we have very high standards, right, of performance and conduct. And one of my detriments it has been, I expect of others what I expect of myself. And when somebody not in the military would fall short of a task or let me down, I get so angry and so upset. And because it goes back to that, you know, hey, when we're in uniform, we're consummate professionals and we expect perfection. And in the private sector and even in relationships with your significant other or family or friends, when they lay you down, they fall short. You know, for me, I've learned to accept that and cut them the slack. In the Marine Corps, one of our leadership traits, the first leadership trait is know yourself and seek self-improvement. And that's what I try to do. By knowing yourself, right, you recognize you have to be clear and have that shared understanding of communication with other people so that expectation isn't, there's such a gap, like you were saying, where you expect it a certain level and other people think, all right, well, this is the best I can do is, you know, down here, but there's this massive gap. How have you continued to work on that piece when you're communicating with others or different organizations to kind of level the bubbles, as we like to say in the artillery? Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's critical expectation management. 
And when we have very high standards and expectations and we're interacting with people that, that just can't, can't meet those, it's communication. I mean, communicating like what, like, not as direct of what are you capable of, but finding out what, you know, what, what they are capable of, um, what are their, you know, for lack of better terms, you know, breaking points or red lines or whatever, and understanding what those are and not, not pushing them beyond what they can do, but it is a two-way street. And that's where, you know, with my subordinate officers or, or, you know, troops or whatever, you know, as a commander, I would be like, look, this is what I expect of you. Um, but it was, but it was a two way street. It's like, but this is what you can expect of me. But also it's, you know, you know, where are you on that scale? So I have a better appreciation or understanding of what you're capable of, of and what you're not. Do you think that belief and understanding of expectation management has greatly improved your life, say in the last couple of years, or is there something else that you could point to and be like, this is it? I mean, expectation management is a lot of it. And when you have a better understanding or realization that people are not going to live up to the expectations that you set of them, it makes life so much easier. But the same thing, like I, I expect a lot of me, but I also, that's where I, I've, I've found myself stressing myself out because it's like, I've got to, I got to be at 110%. Um, all the time, you know, like that, or I got to show my boss that I can operate at 110%. And my boss is like, dude, like operate at 85%. You know, if I can tell you an anecdote. So when I was embedded with the army, third Corps in, in Iraq in, uh, 2005, um, I'm a LNO with the army. I'm, I'm with first Marine expeditionary force and I'm a major and I'm, I'm working in staff staff office. I'm a staff pogue at that time working with, you know, soldiers, professional soldiers on the colonel staff. And I would go to the gym, like, you know, we're in Baghdad, we're at Camp Victory, and they had a bomb gym. So I would go to the gym, like, either like at noon or before then, or whatever. And like a lot of my, my peers, like wouldn't go to the gym and they'd work to like 1900 or whatever. They'd go to chow, like evening chow, and then they'd come back to work and this and that. And like, they would give me like, you know, they'd give me slack. It's like, dude, man, like, where are you going? I'm like, dude, I'm going to the gym. It's like, you know, military Marine Corps paying me to PT. I'm going to go PT. I don't care that we're in a combat zone or whatever. I mean, we have the facilities. And for me, that was like that stress management, right? And like the beautiful thing was I didn't report to that army colonel that they all did. Um, and that's the great thing about being an LNO, a liaison officer. But regardless, it's like, dude, it's not a race to see who can work the hardest because you're going to flame out. And so going back to there's some kind of balance. And for me, I set the expectation that, hey, every day I need to go PT and not at you know, 2200 when I'm physically and mentally smoked all day. So that was something I learned from that aspect. And building in those mental health breaks throughout the day are the things that kind of give you replenishment, recharge, comes through understanding and also not meeting expectations that you set for yourself because you have to reach that breaking point to understand, all right, hey, I went a little bit too far, I got to dial back. What failure could you point to and say, hey, that failure actually led to one of the greatest successes in my life? When I got back from that tour, 
I wasn't firing on all cylinders. I had to go see the wizard and I realized it. You know, we, when we got back, we got our post deployment, like mental health brief. And they were like, if it happens, it's going to be like within about 30, like after about 30 days of you being back. And then like, like almost like clockwork, almost like day 30, I, I was not, I was not firing and I wasn't sleeping or when I was sleeping, I was having, you know, just it's really weird dreams and, and this and that I couldn't power down. And that was all kind of the byproduct of my deployment. And so I came to a crossroads. I was like, okay, you know, am I going to be that, that guy that powers through this on my own? I'm a man. I don't need anything else or whatever. And am I going to go through life like, you know, broken for the rest of my life? Or do I go get help, right? Know yourself and seek self-improvement. And that's what I did. And I, I was like, you know, I went to the, our corpsman, which is, you know, your guys' you know, docs and, 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 and medics. And I was like, I got to talk to somebody. And I, and I went and saw the wizard and he was a great guy, told me what to do. And I did it religiously. And I, you know, I, I came out of it. So it's, it's having the moral courage, right? That, that, you know, we have physical courage, but it's having the moral courage to look, you know, self-assess yourself and be like, am I where I, where I want to be, where I need to be? Am I happy? And, you know, screw this macho BS, like, oh, I'm a man. I can, I, you know, I can take this. It's like, why man work smarter, not harder. No, absolutely. And then for those that don't know, the wizard is like a mental health professional, a counselor, Sir, thank you so much for being here. Before you go, though, I have to ask, we ask everybody that comes on the show, sir, how are you better today than yesterday? How am I better today than yesterday? Because yesterday is in the past and I don't live in the past. Uh, it's good to have memories. You don't forget things, you know, people, experiences, things like that. But every day is a new opportunity to, you know, basically be better than before. So that to me is, is kind of how I, you know, navigate through that. What was the opportunity today? The opportunity today was to, to meet you in person and to, you know, be exposed to, you know, your Sixers and, and hopefully something that I rambled on about resonated with it. If it resonated with one person or if one person told somebody else about something I talked about, then my round hit the target. Yes, sir. Always steal on steel is what you're looking for. Sir, before we do finish up, where can people go to connect not only with you, but learn more about VetTech? If you don't know about VetTicks, we're an organization, we're a national nonprofit, and we get donated event tickets to sporting events, concerts, ball games, uh, anything where there's a ticket involved. It could be a food truck festival, anything like that. And what we do is we, we get these donated by sports teams, performers, promoters, venues, and we distribute them to veterans, service members, and, and first responders as a way to thank them for their service and their sacrifice. So by attending these events, spending some, some time an afternoon with your loved one or friends just to make up for lost time, that's what our mission is. And so our website is vettix.org. Sign up. Doesn't cost anything to sign up. We've got some great events. We had tickets to the Super Bowl. We get all kinds of cool stuff. So check it out. And they can connect with me on LinkedIn. 
And thank you, Tony, for once again allowing me the opportunity to be one of the many just really impressive guests you've had on this podcast. Thank you, sir. I really appreciate that. And we'll make sure we link all of that in the show notes for this episode. So whenever your people are listening to it, they can always go click on vettech.org. Sir, again, thank you for sharing your methods, your strategies, your improvement ideas, and most importantly, thanks for having our six today. Anytime, my friend. Sixers, thank you for listening to another episode of the Got Your Six podcast. If you got something out of this, be a battle buddy. Share with a friend, pass it along. If you're listening on Apple or Spotify, make sure you leave us a review and give us as many stars as you think we warrant because we love what we do here at the Got Your Six podcast. We're always adapting and evolving this podcast because of you, the Sixers. And if you're listening on Spotify, hit that follow button. You'll never miss an episode when we drop new ones every Monday.